Hey, Purpose Peeps. I am here on a Tuesday morning. As I'm recording this, it's two in the morning, and I had a different episode scheduled for today. I shared on our month in review that my friend Jess is taking over for the podcast for the month of June, and she is, and she will be uh, airing her interview. I'll be airing her interview very soon, but as I sat in my house this morning, literally just minutes ago, I remembered this Bible study that I wrote this past weekend, and initially I thought I was going to do it on my Instagram live, but felt led by Holy Spirit to share it here. You guys have been rocking with us for a while. You know, this whole podcast got started with Bible studies before we were doing the interviews of different women of faith in the community. And so it's a natural fit that God would have me share what he put on my heart to share with you through this podcast and not just on my Instagram live feed. So the title of today's message is Breathe Again. And we're going to be coming out of Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. And it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. 
on Monday, May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was murdered in the streets of Minneapolis. As he struggled to get oxygen into his lungs, he can be heard saying, I can't breathe. And those final words have perfectly captured the way many Black Americans and allies across America have felt for this past week. If you are in on social media, you know that today is Blackout 2020. We're pausing on social media. We're not posting anything. Companies are going silent for eight minutes, 45 seconds in honor of George Floyd's life. And honestly, I think we've all been a little bit shocked to see people's responses to George's murder. Because unfortunately, this is nothing new. Even weeks before, just mere weeks, the news of Ahmaud Arbery's death, the murder, hit airwaves. The news of Breonna Taylor's murder hit airwaves. And just something about this, something about this was different. And all of a sudden, it felt like collectively as a country, we couldn't breathe. (laughs) That we were struggling to get air in our lungs because of these atrocities. Because it was just so hard to watch another one of us murdered again. It was another declaration that our lives weren't as valuable as the merchandise in Target. And while some people were immediately sparked to action, taking to the streets, I know that there were others of us who had to pause and take a breath because we were feeling like these dry bones in this passage of scripture cut off and hopeless. And as someone who's deeply rooted and established in my faith, I struggled a lot all last week to understand what the appropriate response is to the deep pain that we're facing. And as I opened my Bible and read this passage of scripture, I felt as though God spoke three simple words to me. You shall live. And that's what I'm committed to doing. No matter how hard it is. When we meet the prophet Ezekiel in this passage of scripture, he's just been charged with prophesying over the Israelites who too were in a season of hopelessness. Their hopelessness was brought on by being in exile. And 
even the exile was because of their own disobedience. You may say, what does that have to do with what we're talking about, Bree? But honestly, if you are a child of God, then earth is your exile. And so it's natural for us to feel like we don't belong here or like we're stifled here or like we can't breathe because this is not where we're going to end up ultimately. What's interesting though, is that even in the midst of the Israelites' disobedience, God makes a promise to them. And in Ezekiel 36, he says he will vindicate his own holiness He goes on to say, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land, which he repeats in the verse that we read previously. But more than physical relocation, God goes on to show he is committed to a spiritual transformation, which is what we need in this country. In verse 25, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I thought about how accurately this passage depicts the solution to the racism we face in this country, whether it's outwardly shown or in secret. Perhaps if we showed each other a little bit more compassion, there wouldn't be as many racists. And I want to be clear here, race is not only a white issue, it's not just a black issue, not just a Hispanic issue, not just an Asian issue. I watched Mike Todd's sermon on racial reconciliation today, and I would definitely recommend that you go and watch it when he was speaking about the Samaritan woman and how Jesus created a bridge and spoke to someone that he would normally not be associated with. And especially as someone with an organization called Black Girls with Purpose, his message convicted me because I thought about how easily I connect with people just because they look like me, that there may be someone who's not of color that could be one of my best friends, but I'm not as intentional about building relationships with them. And while it pained me to say that about myself, it helped me as well because I understood that I have to be a part of the solution too. If you're listening to this and your heart has become hardened towards police officers, you have to understand that's exactly the kind of thing that the devil wants. He wants division. And I know that this is a hard pill to swallow, right? It hurts so deeply. But scripture says, if we hate our brother, we are guilty of murdering. So if you look at a police officer and you say, I hate that person. And you wish ill will about them, then you have stepped into the shoes of people who are being persecuted and being protested against. You're doing exactly the opposite of what God commands. I just want you to sit with that for a second. Because honestly, the church is going to be the answer to what we're facing. 
I saw just before I got on here a video of a largely Caucasian group kneeling in front of a group of African-Americans praying to God and then asking them, the African-Americans, for forgiveness. And while I really appreciate it, I do, I don't want people to think this is white people's problem. They're the reason this is happening. Because one, sin is the reason this is happening. But two, we have racism in our heart too. We may not even know it. And honestly, y'all, I'm getting really honest. Y'all know I'm so big on transparency. I think some of us can acknowledge that there are even people who look like us that we don't really fool with because we like, oh, they might be crazy. You might see someone walking down the street in the same way that a white person would cross to the other side. You cross to the other side because of what you were told as a kid that oh, if a guy has on a, a big shirt and baggy pants, then he's probably hustling or something. And, and it's just it breaks my heart to realize how much of this stuff we start to believe. But then it also gives me a heart of compassion when people don't show compassion because it's like, how can you know something? How can you apply something that no one taught you in the beginning? I want you guys to hear me in this season of darkness and hopelessness. This is an opportunity for us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. There's a scripture. In 1 Peter 2, 11 through 17, and it says, Friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. That's the message translation, 1 Peter 2, 11 through 17. It doesn't get any clearer than that, you all. I want people to take action. I don't want this to be one of those things we just put on our social media feeds. I want something to change. And I believe, I really believe something is changing. I was talking to my sister and she said that someone reported that this was the most riots and most protests that have existed since Martin Luther King was assassinated. And I think it's because people are fed up, people are hurt, people are hopeless. Like we talked about in this passage of scripture, they feel cut off. But the beauty is that this is a great ground for reconciliation. This is a great ground for us to start having conversations with people that we might not normally talk to and not allow ourselves to be offended by their questions. I feel like sometimes there are 
other cultures that might ask us and say, well, why do you do this? Or why do you? And I know I've even said, you know, when someone asked me about my hair, I'm like, girl, what? It's braids. It's not complicated. It's braids. But now I'm starting to see that those questions, as silly as they may seem, that, that those are indications that a person is trying to understand me. And so if we would be more willing to provide understanding for people, if we would be more willing to have conversations, no matter how uncomfortable they may be, then I have to believe that we could be a part of the change we want to see, that we could help people look at things differently, to have a different perspective, to say, you know what? Christians are okay. Blacks are okay. Whites are okay. Hispanics are okay. I don't want us to get so hardened in our hearts and to develop such a victim mentality that we look at everyone else as the enemy because we know there's only one real enemy. If you are feeling breathless and hopeless and helpless today, I just want to encourage you. God says he'll give you peace. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving in our heart, make our request known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding would guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. If we would focus on loving people instead of fearing people, life can turn out differently. That is my heart's cry. It's my hope and it's my plea. And while the events of this past week have definitely taken my breath away, and I, like many others, have felt deep anguish. My hope lies in the promise God gave to the dry bones in this passage. You shall live. God says vengeance is his and that he will repay. And he says that he has the power to raise us from the grave. And someone might be listening to this and saying, how can this be? But the truth is, y'all, if you're listening to this and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, it doesn't matter how you die. It doesn't matter when you die. You get to be with him in eternity. These dry bones, right? These bones that end up in graves, these breathless lives, lives can live again. But that only comes when we accept the free gift of salvation. And what is so amazing about this is that when we do accept this free gift, God takes our deepest pain and he turns it into his glorious purpose. So I'll say again, if you're feeling breathless, hopeless, helpless today, and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, accepting him as your savior is a great first step. Being a part of his body will not only provide you with peace, but it will provide you with wholeness. So when the trials of life come, because they're going to come, y'all, and I, I I, just, my heart goes out to everyone who's been dealing with this past week without Jesus. And I think that's part of why we're seeing some of the things we're seeing. Because if you don't have this ultimate authority, then anything is fair game. And, and yes, you're upset and you're rioting because you're hurting. But the beautiful thing is, If you have Jesus, you can have blessed assurance that even if you don't see the outcome you want to see, he sees you, he knows you, and he is still working. Romans 6.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
Romans 3, 23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5, 8 says Christ poured out his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you know what's so amazing, y'all? When Christ died, he too was breathless. But his final breath wasn't even his final breath because of God's resurrection. So if you want to know how you can find new life in him, Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. This is the news of the gospel. It's unbiased. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you've been through. Anyone can receive it. And my prayer through all that we've experienced in this past week is that our hearts would not be troubled, but that they would be strengthened. That they would not be hardened towards one another or hardened towards God, but that they would be softened. So much so that we can understand the other person's perspective, that we can try and seek peace, that we can pray for our enemies and bless those who persecute us, even though it sounds crazy. And as I said before, in 1 John 3.15, scripture says, if we hate our brother, we are guilty of murdering them. So don't commit that same offense, y'all. I pray if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you will invite him in your heart today, that you'll allow him to breathe life again, that you'll stand in the truth and the hope of the fact that even when you breathe your final breath here on earth, you will live. That just like Paul said, to live is, um, to live is, is, sorry, y'all. Wow. So it's so late to live is Christ and to die is gain to live as Christ and to die as gain. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. It's not a long message. There's not three points like I normally have, but Holy Spirit really compelled me to let you know that even if you're feeling breathless, you're going to live again. As long as Jesus is your savior, he'll give you the strength that you need. And he is still able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think even in times like this. So I pray that you'll hold on to his unchanging hand and that you'll trust him to breathe life again. So Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for this time in your word. I pray that someone was encouraged, Lord, even if it's just one. Lord, I pray that you will give them your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that they would cast their cares on you for you care for them, Lord. Help them to see what actions to take, Lord, whether it's signing a petition whether it is going to a peaceful protest, whether it is donating to a cause, is participating in the blackout day, whatever it is, Lord, help people to use discernment and wisdom, Lord God, give them the grace they need. And if they don't feel compelled to participate in a certain way, Lord God, I bind and rebuke the lies of the enemy that might tell them that they don't matter, that they don't really care, Lord God. Help them to show up in a way, Lord God, that honors you. Guard them with your peace. Give them, Lord, strength to make it through this day, this week. Give us divine strategy, Lord God, about how we can do a new thing. Your word says, pay no attention to things of old. Behold, I'm doing something new. And I truly believe that, that even in this moment that we're in, we're going to see new 
waves of justice, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that we won't even box you in and say, this is the way you need to do it, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that we would commit to seeing you, Lord God, to seeing your will done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for all the things you do each and every day. And I pray, Lord, that we will continue to press into your presence. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're participating in Blackout Tuesday, hashtag the show must be paused. Uh, I have provided you with a list of resources not unique to me, things that I've just seen people posting online. So if you want something to fill your time with outside of just scrolling through your social media feed, first and foremost, I would say get in the word of God, pray, because that's going to give you strength. Then if you feel like God is compelling you to action, uh, there are petitions you can sign in the show notes. There are numbers you can call. There are places you can donate to. And so, you guys, I just hope that you will take the space that you need. It's okay to unplug for a little bit. It's okay to rest. It's okay even to laugh in the season because we absolutely need it. So I love you all. God willing, I'll talk to you all next week. And if you have any questions, feel free uh, to DM me at The Black Girl With Purpose. I know some of the things I said are, are a little bit hard to swallow, but scripture says the words of the Lord is living and active and that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to separate bone from marrow. And so there were scriptures that I really wrestled with specifically respecting the government. I'm like, Lord, what do you, what do you see what they're doing? But again, we're supposed to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our father in heaven. We're supposed to pray for those who persecute us. So I love you all again. God willing, I'll talk to you next week. Um, Feel free to hit me up in my DMs and take the space that you need.